Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 61 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Justin Schwartz and I'm alongside Liam Baum. We are back. It's been a couple of weeks since we last discussed Habs Culture hockey. Um, last time we dissected the Eric Carlson trade, talked about Petrie being on the move and heading to Montreal. And we talked a little bit about, you know, the, the exits of Rem Pitlick and Mike Hoffman. And since there's been another move, sending Jeff Petrie to Detroit, to his hometown, to me, it seems like that was a move that was made by Kent Hughes to please Jeff Petrie. Um, we knew and we talked about this at length that we didn't think Jeff Petrie was going to last in Montreal after he was traded back here. So that was kind of Kent Hughes doing his due diligence and doing uh, Jeff Petrie a favor by sending him back to his hometown where he can spend probably the rest of his career with his family. And I don't think there is much else to say on that. The Montreal Canadiens received a fourth round pick and Gustav Lindstrom in return. Two assets where I think we can both agree, Liam, that they could have maybe squeezed out a little bit more, but hey, that's what it is, right? Um, so with that being said, we're not going to spend too much time on that because we want to do something a little bit more fun. There hasn't been a lot going on in the NHL as of late, but we're slowly ramping up towards the season. We're end of August. So just about, a, just over, um, what are we? So we're end of August, we're heading into September. So just oh, probably a little over a month left until the NHL season starts, maybe a month and a half. So we thought today that we t- started off with some division predictions, um, and I'm going to toss it right away over to you, Liam. Liam, are you excited to get this going today? Yeah, let's get this going. Okay, but right off the bat, I'm, I'm going to ask you here, right here and now, are there any surprises from you? Are you anticipating any surprises in these division standings? I think there's always a surprise that's going to happen, so I'm going to throw in a couple, couple surprises here. We'll see. Okay, so we're going to start it off with the Atlantic Division. In the East, following followed by the Metropolitan, and then we're going to move to the West and talk about the Central and the Pacific. So, no no particular order, but we're going to start off with the Atlantic, which is probably the heaviest hitting division right now. Yeah, the Atlantic definitely a very tough division to play in. I think we're going to start from eighth place up to first. Sure. All right. Unfortunately, at number eight, I got to put the Montreal Canadiens, just because on paper right now it seems like they're the weakest team. I know they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but unfortunately, their moves just haven't brought them up to that next level yet. Maybe the growth of their players will help this season, but for now, they are number eight. And before we just before we just move on, just because we're talking about Montreal, and I think it's important to just you know get it out here. I don't know about you, Liam, but I think, and I, and I and I'll go into my ranking after. But I think Montreal being an eighth on your respective list isn't necessarily because of Montreal being a terrible team because I do think that they improved this offseason but it's more because of the fact that this division is just absolutely stacked right 100% every single team other than Montreal I think is pushing for a playoff spot and every team has tried to improve this offseason in that division so unfortunately the Habs just aren't there yet I think maybe in a year or two they will be but at this moment they're still moving assets moving roster players off the team while other teams are adding which is why they're staying in number eight. Next on your list? Next on my list, at number seven, I've got the Detroit Red Wings. So I think we're going to go more in-depth into it after you give your predictions also. But quickly, Detroit still very weak on their decor. I know they made a lot of moves this offseason getting um, Petrie, Justin Hole, Shane Ghost, Despair. Just nothing that I really like there. And they got... Montreal's finest defenseman, Ben Sherratt. So don't like their decor there. Uh, Vili Husso, bit of questions. And their forward core is still a bit weak. They signed a couple guys like 
JT Comfer, um, and they got they have David Perron, Andrew Kopp, who they signed last year. Still a bit of a not super deep board core and nothing huge other than DeBrinket bringing in this offseason. But for now, they're number seven. Number six, I've got the Ottawa Senators. So Ottawa made a couple big moves in the past year, getting Chikrin, signing Tarasenko. They did lose to Brinkett. Their core players like Kachuk, Stutzel, Batherson, Norris, they're all getting better, all going to be healthy to start the season. Um, I do really like their team. They brought in Corpusalo. Their decor is getting a bit better. Still a couple question marks there. But just compared to the other teams, I think they're a very good team. And they could push for a playoff spot for sure. Just compared to the other teams, they're not as good in my opinion. And Liam, I think I think this also boils down to coaching for Ottawa, right? Because last year, the coaching wasn't up to par. And it was evident considering that DJ Smith couldn't get the most out of his pieces. He had Alex Dabrinkat. Now, now, you're, now you're flipping the script and now you brought in uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. So two goal scorers, but different players altogether. But he wasn't able to squeeze out as much as he wanted out of a guy like Brady Kachuk, out of a guy like Josh Norris, who respectfully, or sorry, who was respect, uh, respectively um, injured for most of the season, if not all of it. Um, Tim Stutzla had an incredible season. Batherson played all right. But again, I think, I think DJ Smith is really going to have, this is going to be it for him to prove. And you, you know, I see that you have them at number six, but it's going to be really up to him to prove that this team is more than just a cusp playoff team. hundred percent. I think you got it right on the dot there. All right. Next moving up number five, I've got the Boston Bruins. So the team who set the winning record in the NHL last season, getting in fifth place here, mainly because They've lost their two top centers in Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. They didn't make many improvements. They brought in James Van Riemsdyk, who, aging vet, which they've got a lot of already. So not a huge fan. Um, Allmark and Swayman, very good goalies, but I think last year was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a fluke just because the team was playing so well. Their numbers kind of reflected on the team play. Not taking away from their goalie skills, but I think they're going to take a step back this season and we're going to see some real, I'm going to say some real, you know, flaws in their game because they're losing their top two centers. For sure. Number four, I've got the Florida Panthers. So the Panthers are coming off a season where they made the finals. They finished eighth in the, or sorry, was it eighth in the Eastern Conference or I guess just last in their division to squeak into the playoffs? Once again, they've got a great team on paper. They did lose Anthony Duclair. They brought in a guy like Evan Rodriguez, but I still think Duclair has a bigger impact. Their decor, very good. I think it's very strong with Montour and Ekblad as their top two guys. They got Forsling. They brought in OEL. I think those are really positive moves. Spencer Knight also going to come back this season. Hopefully we see some, some strides from him. But I just don't think they're that crazy of a team where they're going to have the chance to finish first. I think last season they worked really well together, which is why they made such a great playoff push. But as a regular season team, I don't see them winning 50 games. I think they'll squeak in with like 45 wins and we'll see how many points they put up. Number three in the division, I've got the Buffalo Sabres. So Buffalo, really improving. I think last season showed why they're going to make a huge playoff push at the end of the season, playing super well. They've got some question marks in the net. Who's going to start? Who's going to be the backup? Is it a 50-50 split? I think Devin Levi is pushing really well in the right direction. He's looking to start maybe 40 games as well as Uka Pekka I think they can team up to be a really good tandem there. Their decor... They made a couple good signings, brought in some vets, and their forward core with their top line of Skinner, Tage Thompson, Tuck, as well as guys like Quinn, Krebs, Cousins, and Casey Middlestat all pushing in the right direction. I think they're going to have a real good season this year. Kind of like the Devils, who improved, who had a terrible season two years ago. And last year, they finished number two in their division, I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. 
and just a young team looking to improve. So I think Buffalo gets the third spot there. Um, number two, I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. We all know how Tampa plays. They made some great signings this offseason. Off the top of my head, I kind of forget who they got, but I remember they signed a couple guys. They got Tanner Janot last year. Connor Sheary as well. Yeah, Connor Sheary, who uh, brings that vet veteran presence. Obviously, they got Stamkos, Kucherov, Point. Hedman probably looking to have a bounce-back season, and they still got Vassy with John Cooper behind the bench. Real good team. Veteran team. They're going to push again for another playoff Play or a good regular season finish, and then hopefully pushing all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals again. Wouldn't be surprised. And then number one, hate to say it, but the Toronto Maple Leafs made some really, really good moves, bringing in Bertuzzi and Domi, play with a lot of heart. Um, don't love Samsonov, and I don't know, Matt Murray's probably not going to play. They have Martin Jones in the back and Justin Wool, or sorry, not Justin Wool, um, Joseph Wool. But I think they brought in a couple good guys. Their forwards are looking to definitely win this time around. They say this every year, but I think they can push for another great season and build on that into the, going into the playoffs. So Toronto gets number one in my division rankings. So just to go over it, so you have Toronto finishing first place, Tampa finishing second, Buffalo finishing third, Florida finishing fourth, Boston finishing fifth, Ottawa 6th, Detroit 7th, and Montreal 8th. Correct. Honestly, not a bad list whatsoever. Again, we're making our early, early predictions here. But I think based off the offseason moves, this is more than realistic. Um, I'll run you guys through mine now. I'm not going to go into as much depth just because I think Liam really hit on the notes. It's just going to be a question of where I think they finished versus what I think that they can do. But going from 8 to 1 here, I have Montreal finishing 8th. Again, like I mentioned before, I don't think it's necessarily because of the team that Montreal has on paper, but more because of their competition in the division. So I don't think, I think that they went in the right direction. And I think we can all agree that Ken Hughes and their brass is doing, are, do, are making the right moves. But it's, a question, but it's a question of the other teams, are the other teams in the division making their respective right moves? And I think that so far this offseason, they have. So we kind of have to respect that um, from, the other, from the other organizations. At seven... At seven, I'm going to have the Detroit Red Wings as well, uh, mainly for the same reasons that Liam stated. Defensively, I don't love their game. And in goal, I don't think that they're solid enough to make it to take it to that next level. So I'm going to keep them at seven. Now, this is one of my this is where I differentiate from Liam, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have Boston in my sixth spot. And they went from 65 wins in the regular season, season 135 points. I think Boston's going to take a massive step back specifically because of their centers, but also because they lost Dmitry Orlov. I think that that was a massive loss and he brought a lot to the table in the playoffs. And then you also look to the forward core and how they lost Tyler Bertuzzi as well to a division rival. So I think that losing all those pieces, so you lose Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Tyler Bertuzzi, Dmitry Orlov, your team is just not the same team that was able to compete for the best team in the league last year in, in October, excuse me. So I'm going to put them at the sixth spot. Now, it might be a little bold, but that's the name of the game. In the fifth spot, I'm going to put the Ottawa Senators. Again, I think it boils down to coaching. I think that DJ Smith is going to have to take that step forward. But again, I think that this core might be a little bit too young for them to really, really take that next step, especially in this division. And you can also make the argument, well, well, Justin, well, why, why do you have Ottawa at five and now you're going to have Buffalo ahead of them, and you're talking about a young core when ultimately their cores are probably similar in age. Again, I think it boils down to coaching. And I think that Buffalo really, really, really hit the nail on the head with their coaching and the way that they were developing their players last season. And I think Ottawa is yet to take that step. And I think that they're going to miss once again. In my fourth spot, I'm going to have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, this is probably comes as a shock to many because they've been so good for so long. And Liam's right, they did add a couple veteran pieces, but I don't think it was enough to push the needle, or enough to move the needle, excuse me. And I think that Tampa's really going to regress this season. And I think, look, I mean, if you want to look to the future, I think that they're making some moves to lock some guys up long-term, but I don't know if it's the right way to go. And I think now you're gonna be, they're going to really be depending on guys like Point Stamkos and Kucherov, and Vasilevsky, of course, and Victor Hedman. So that core is still intact, but it's really going to be the supporting pieces. 
And in prior years, they've had the Barkley Goudreaux, they've had the Blake Coleman's, and this year they have, they still have Nick, Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough after a third consecutive season of doing well in the playoffs, or I guess last year they made the playoffs, got bounced in the first round, but I don't think that this year is going to be a playoff season for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it might come as a shock to some. So fourth in the division there. Third in the division, I'm going with the Buffalo Sabres. I think the Sabres have improved immensely, and I think they're just building on something really, really special here. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I think that they're, they're really on the right path. So I'm giving them the third spot in the division. Second spot, I'm giving them the Florida Panthers. I know Liam had them at three, I believe. I have them at two. Number four. You had them at four, sorry. I have them at two, and I think really because if we erase the fact that they're... And it's easy to say, but last season, last season really proved to me that Paul Maurice was a good coach. And I was very, very much mistaken with my take on Paul Maurice. I didn't think that he was a good coach. But I think he really proved that in the playoffs when they made it to the Stanley Cup final. And I think that now they're starting to figure it out. I I don't think that last season, last regular season was an anomaly, but I think that they are going to play a lot better this year, now understanding the system and now understanding who their coach is and what he expects from his players. And plus they have the core to do it. They've added some great pieces. They're maintaining a lot of great pieces. So I think that, if everything goes status quo for them, they'll finish second in the division. And then lastly, again, like Liam said, sadly, I'm ranking the Toronto Maple Leafs at number one. I think that the Leafs obviously have the core, and it's a question of if they're willing to get it done and if they want to get it done and if they're able to get it done. Still some question marks in goal, but it undoubtedly the best forward core or the best top six in the division, in my opinion. So with that being said, I think they take the number one spot. All right. I think those are all possible Look, it's, uh, well, we only have to wait about one month. Well, month, one month till it starts, but till we get the results, we'll probably, we'll probably come back in, uh, when does hockey end around, uh, June, give well, or take, we'll, we'll L- come back a little before December, that. Yeah. We'll come, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do a mid season, a yeah. mid season, uh, review for sure. Or we'll, we'll see where we're at. Let's move to the Metro here. Um, Liam, you want to take off with that one? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start, start off with the Metro. Uh, number eight. No surprise here. Philadelphia Flyers. Overall, they suck. Not <laughs> even gonna not even gonna sugarcoat it. They're terrible. They lose a leader like Kevin Hayes. They lose JVR, who puts up some goals. They're really just gonna depend on their younger guys like Farabee, Frost. Who knows the story with Sean Couturier? Obviously, probably no Ryan Ellis, who they got in the offseason last season, I believe. Um, in net Carter Hart. I think he's a great goalie but just very inconsistent right now and just not a fan of their team at all. So not much to say about them. We'll go to number seven. I've got the New York Islanders. The Islanders acquired Bo Horvat at the trade deadline last season. Other than that, absolute silence. Nobody else is being added to this roster that has relevance. They're always lacking goal scoring, which they did not approve upon uh, this offseason. And they obviously got Sorokin, who's an insane goaltender, probably top three in the league. But other than that, they're just lacking goal-scoring ability. They never give their young guys a chance. They never let them develop. They miss in the draft all the time. Um, I do really like Noah Dobson and Matty Barzal, but those are their only guys. So once again, the Islanders, well, they did make the playoffs last season, but I think they're going to miss the playoffs this season and finish number seven in the division. Number six... I've got the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, I think Columbus does have a really solid team, and last year they dealt with a lot of injuries. But once again, they are lacking some goal-scoring ability. They do have Goudreau and Line, as well as adding a guy like Adam Fantilli this season who looks like he'll start with the team. But uh, they also did add on their def- uh, decor, but I'm not a huge fan of Provorov and Severson. A bit overpay there for both of them. And Elvis Merzlikens hasn't been what he used to be in the past two years. So I've got Columbus missing the playoffs again, but I do think there's a possibility they'd push for a higher spot. Uh, Number five, I've got the Washington Capitals. I actually do really like the Capitals team a lot, but not too sure what's going to happen with Backstrom and Kuznetsov. They did add Max Pacioretty, but... Backstrom's dealt with a lot of injuries the last two years. Kuznetsov doesn't seem like he wants to play there anymore. And 
overall, their team looks okay on paper, but Kemper a little bit inconsistent. Just not a huge fan of their team. I think, again, there's a possibility they squeeze into the playoffs, but definitely not a top three finish in this division. Number four, I believe I'm at Mm -hmm. number four. I've got the New York Rangers. I think losing a guy like Tarasenko and Patty Kane, well, Patty Kane hasn't signed anywhere, but it doesn't seem like he's going to go to the Rangers. I think losing those two will take a bit of a hit on them. Now it seems like Lafreniere and Kako are going to get a shot in the top six, so we'll see how that works. Very good team. Once again, they got Zib, Panarin, Adam Fox, and Shesterkin. Those are your core four there. If those guys can all figure it out figure it out, and play well together, and Shesterkin can be what he was two seasons ago, I think they have a real shot of making it, uh, winning this division, but for now I see them finishing in that fourth spot. Number three in the division, I've got the Carolina Hurricanes. Last season, dealt with a lot of injuries. Seb Aho missed a couple, uh, a bunch of games. Svechnikov missed a lot. Um, they added M- Michael Bunting. That was pretty much it. They lost. Um, did they? Well, they lost Shane Gosespair at the uh, this offseason, but they got a great decor. I'd say they're lacking a bit of scoring ability, but they always seem to figure it out. And a bit of question marks in net with Freddie Anderson, who seems to get injured every single season. But they got Kochetkov, who's coming up. Seems like a pretty good goalie. They're just a good team overall. Rod Brendamore, I'm a fan of. I know you have some remarks about Rod Brendamore, but I think he's a really good coach. And Carolina's just a workhorse team that seems to play well under pressure, and they always get it done in the regular season. Number two, I've got the Pittsburgh Penguins. So Pittsburgh, arguably the biggest story of this offseason, I think. Team who missed the playoffs last season for the first time in a long time, but they acquire the James Norris winning trophy defenseman (laughs) in Eric Carlson. And they're a team that's on their last dance here. They got a two-year window, like we talked about last episode. They're going to try to get it done. Sid, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, hopefully all able to stay healthy, along with Latang and Carlson. And then in net, they signed Jarry. He was a good goaltender two years ago. Last season, not so much. Or maybe the season before that, even so three seasons ago. So we'll see if Jarry can fix his game. And I think Pittsburgh is going to make a real push this season try to get that cup the number one i got the new jersey devils led by jack hughes dougie hamilton nico Heeshier. although they got a bit of a question mark in net i think akira schmidt can really get that number one spot even though they got vtech but they got a couple young guys pushing up they got nemitz they got hughes luke hughes uh alex holtz they saw uh, they got to foley in a trade they're a really good team on paper. They're top nine, arguably the best in this division. I'm a huge fan of their core overall, and I think they get that number one spot. I like it. I like it a lot, honestly. And I'm just going to recap for those listening, just if it gets a little bit confusing. The number one spot, New Jersey Devils. At the number two spot, the Pittsburgh Penguins. The number three spot, the Carolina Hurricanes. The four spot, the New York Rangers. Five, um, the Washington Capitals. Six, the Columbus Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven, the New York Islanders, and eight, the um, Philadelphia Flyers. So I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna do my ranking because I'm I'm with you almost a hundred percent. And I like this because this because maybe we can maybe we can actually discuss this. The one thing that I would change here is I like New Jersey in first. I like Pittsburgh in second. But I don't, I, and, and you know me, I'm, 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 I like Brindamore, but I think that what, what I don't like about Rob Brindamore is that I think that his position will always be locked up no matter how they do. And no matter how much playoff success or playoff failure they get or they have. But I think it's hard. I think it's really hard for me to put Carolina below Pittsburgh in this case. Okay. And I think that Pittsburgh really... They did ex- everything that they needed to do this offseason. Kyle Dubas made their team somehow made their team younger and relieved cap space from a team that was we can almost call in cap hell because they were they were signing they were signing they had four guys signed to relatively big contracts, right? Now with uh with Eric Carlson. 
but I think the only change I'm going to have to make is Carol. Uh, sorry, excuse me. New Jersey first, Carolina second, Pittsburgh third. And I don't think it's that massive. I don't think it's that big of a difference. But I think we almost have to respect the fact that Carolina in the regular season is almost flawless year after year. 52 wins last year, 130, 100, 130, 113 points, and finished second in the league behind Boston by a wide margin for that matter, but still was really, really strong. New Jersey was second to them, but look, we still have, we both agree New Jersey's going to finish first, but I really don't think that, at least for me, that I can disrespect Carolina by putting them at the three spot. I'm not saying that you're, you know, you're going full out here, you're putting them at the three, you're not putting them at the four, but I think Carolina's good enough to claim that second spot in the Metro division. For sure. I think the difference between those teams will be probably one or two points. So like it was last year, right? Exactly. So uh, same for the Rangers. I think they're up there as well. But can I cut you off there for a second? Yeah. The Rangers, the Rangers terrify me. They terrify me because when the Rangers were, I won't say relevant, but when the Rangers had their best season by going to the Eastern conference final or the best season in recent memory, when they went to the Eastern conference final two years ago, Shesterkin mm-hmm. was as what as, was at his best. He posted a 940 save percentage in the regular season. Shesterkin took a step back last year, still performing really, really well. But if you get the Shesterkin of last year, who's posting a 920 save percentage, a 925 save percentage, you lose Patty Kane, you lose Vlad Tarasenko. Now all of a sudden you're depending on the Kakos of the world, the Lafreniere's of the world. Zib, Kreider, Panarin, those guys are intact. Those guys, you're getting your production. But are they enough? Are they good enough to depend on to bring them back to the Eastern Conference Final or maybe even the Stanley Cup Final? Like, that's my question. I think it's it's a gamble. They're, they're still, they got some young pieces and they got to depend on those guys to do well. So we'll see how that goes. And look, we, we can both agree that Lafreniere landing with the Rangers back in the COVID season for, the, for when they did the entry draft, right? That was probably the worst thing that could have happened for Alexi Lafreniere. Probably one of the highest touted prospects coming out of the, le- uh, out of the, out of the draft, excuse me. Played in Ramuski, put up similar numbers to Sidney Crosby. Ends up going to a, a, a team that has so much firepower. And it's unfortunate that he didn't get a bigger role off the jump. But now he's going to get that role. And if he, look, they just recently signed him to a two-year deal worth just north of two point, uh, I think just north of $2 million. If he can perform, this team can probably still stay relevant. And not only relevant, but actually, you know, fight for that third spot in the division. But, 100%. but it's, to me, it's almost crazy how stacked that top three is. We talk about the Atlantic division. But that Metro is stacked. For sure. They also got Blake Wheeler. So right. on, a, on a, a big impact. For sure. You think he's a top six guy? Uh, I think he's becoming more of a top nine guy. But I think he brings a lot of good leadership. And he can still move that puck really well. Two seasons ago, he put up what? like, Or maybe it was three seasons ago, like 60 plus Yeah, assists. he definitely had 60 plus assists. That's for sure. Yeah. And they still got Yedl, who's a great third line center. For sure. So You know what? They've always been notorious for... I mean, look, we look, we look back a couple of years, right? The Tyler Motts, the Ryan Reeves, they have the Heatles, right? Like they have these guys that are able to play minutes when it comes down to it in crunch time. Vinny it's just Trocek. a question. Exactly. Vinny Trocek. It's just a question of, again, you know how we talk about Montreal finishing last. Now it's a completely different story. We think they're going to finish last because a lot of the other teams in the division got much, be- much better. I think the Rangers are going to finish fourth because the top three teams are just that just got that much better. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go to the West. The West. Um, I'll put it on you. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'd, go for it. I'd love to. Do we want to start with the Central or the Pacific? Let's start with the... Uh, let's go with the Central here. Central? Okay, awesome. So, wow. In last place, I have the Arizona Coyotes. Wow. I don't... I, I, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying it right now. I'm saying Damn. that the Arizona Coyotes finished last in the Central. It's not necessarily bold. It's just bold after the season that the Chicago Blackhawks had posting 59 points with 26 wins. That was, that was abysmal. Like that was, that's as bad as it's going to get for a franchise almost. And look, they, they did it right. They knew what they were doing. They got Connor Bedard and granted they deserved him for that season. But I think that the Arizona Coyotes still finished last amidst now having Logan Cooley come join the squad amidst bringing in Matt Dumba, Jason Zucker, Jason Zucker, I still think they finished last. And I think that even though hockey is a team game and doesn't depend on one guy, I think Connor Bedard really moves the needle for the Chicago Blackhawks because they go out and acquire Taylor Hall. They go out and acquire Nick Foligno. They go out and acquire Corey Perry. 
I'm not saying that these guys are going to make the difference, but I think they make the difference when you're sur- when you're sur- when you're putting them around a guy like Connor Bedard. And I think that Bedard has that instant impact. I think he has the type of impact where we talked about it, a potential 65 to 70 point season, which is ridiculous. And if he can do that, you're getting an, a, a legitimate superstar. You're adding to Seth Jones. You had guys like Anthony Siu last year, Kurashev. I'm not saying that these guys are incredible, but they have guys on guys on guys that are, are rosterable, are above replacement level. So I think that that's the difference between Chicago and Arizona. Because I look to Arizona, right? And there's no one besides Clayton Keller, in my opinion, and maybe Logan Cooley. But right now, Clayton Keller, that's going to, we'll call an all-star. There's no all-star on the team besides, besides Clayton Keller. So that's the difference for me. So Arizona 8th, Chicago 7th. Sixth place in this division, I'm putting the Winnipeg Jets. I think that they really took a massive step back. They still have Connor Hellebuck for one more year, so let's see how he performs there. But the problem for me is they lost Blake Wheeler, they lost Pierre-Luc Dubois, and let's not forget that they did, with, with all those guys still on the roster, they finished fourth in the, fourth in the division. So now take away those pieces, and they really, really took a st- step back. So I'm putting them sixth in the division. Next up, I'm putting the St. Louis Blues. I think St. Louis finished sixth in the division last year. I thought that they would finish a lot better. I remember saying that I thought that they'd be a top three team in the division. But now it looks more like they're going towards a retool, a very, very quick retool. They picked up a lot of draft picks. They got a lot of younger players. But I don't think it's enough to really get them over that hump, especially for the 2023-24 season. I have them at fifth in the division. Next, the Nashville Predators. I think that they actually took a step forward, but this division is still pretty, pretty good. They got Ryan O'Reilly. UC Saros is going to go into another season where he's playing at a really elite level. Philip Forsberg is still there. They they lost Ryan Johansson, but uh, ultimately... Sorry, uh, do you know of anyone else that the Nashville Predators picked up that I'm blanking Uh, on here? They got Gustav Nyquist. Okay, they picked up Gustav Nyquist as well. Um, Luke Shen. Luke Shen on D, okay. That was the relevant ones. They got... Former Hab, Dennis Guriano. Oh, okay, nice. Well, but that's it. Anyway, I think that their team is still mainly intact. They added O'Reilly, which is amazing for that for that number. I guess he'll be that number two, correct? Or number one, sorry, on that team, uh, center-wise. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so Philip Forsberg's still there. Anyway, Mike, Mikhail, no, Mikhail Granlin's not there anymore. So maybe this team is worse than I thought. <laughs> so maybe maybe St. Louis and Nashville are interchangeable. But I like I like the goaltending in Nashville. I really do. And the decor in Nashville is still very, very solid, led by uh, Roman Yossi. So I'll have them at the um, at the four spot in that case. Next up, I'll take the... I'm going to basically have it in the same order as last year. I think Minnesota finishes third, Dallas finishes second, and Colorado finishes first. There's not much explanation needed, but all these guys, all these teams are, are led by a really, really good group. In Colorado, you have your McKinnons, your McCarr, your Rantanen, Dallas, Hintz, um, Hintz, Pavelski, Robertson, and then Minnesota, you're still led by K- K- Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. So I think that these teams are still going to put up some, some incredible numbers, and I think that it will probably finish in that one, two, three order. All right. You want to summarize those picks real quick? Sure. So at one, Colorado. At two, Dallas. At three, Minnesota. At four, Nashville. At five, St. Louis. At six, Winnipeg. At seven, Chicago. And at eight, Arizona. This one, this one, I could see backfiring on me. But anyway, it's it's always a toss-up. For sure. I have a really different order. Okay, I like, like that. no teams in the same spot. That's awesome. All right, so... Number eight, I got Chicago still. Obviously, getting Bedard, huge, makes a humongous difference. You're adding, a, he's probably going to be an all-star next year and superstar in the making. Um, but adding guys like Taylor Hall and don't really love Nick Foligno, Perry, obviously those guys all add, but it all just seems like a money grab. They all just want to make money. They're not really there to win, if you know what I'm talking about. Their goalies suck. Their decor is just non-existent. Not a huge fan of Seth Jones. It just it just doesn't seem like a team to me. It's just, oh, I'm going here, end my career, get paid. Like, I'm sorry, Corey Perry making, what, $4 million? Nick Foligno making $4 million? Like, that's a, just a little bit excessive. Just not a deep team at all. I do like the pieces they have, but they're not on the team right now. I like Khrushchev, who's going to make a stride. 
and they got younger guys coming up soon, but just for now, they're the worst team in the division for me. At number seven, I've got the Nashville Predators. UC Saros obviously carries this team, but how much can he carry this team, or how long can he carry this team for? They get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, but other than that, they, they still got Philip Forsberg, and they got Roman Yossi. But other than that, there just really isn't anything there. They lose Johansson. They lose Granlin. Um, do they still have Tyson Berry? I believe they do. And Ryan McDonough. Mm-hmm. Like some good pieces there. Yeah. And they, they have Luke Shen. They definitely did maybe got better, maybe a little bit. I just don't think it's I just don't think it's gonna work altogether. So I have them at number seven. Maybe a bit of a surprise there. Number six, I have the St. Louis Blues. They add Kevin Hayes, but Jordan Bennington is abysmal. Like, just a rager. He just cannot figure it out. He should he should take his talents to the UFC. What do we think? <laughs> really? It might be better there. Their decor, Tory Krug struggles a bit with injuries. You know, he's not the greatest, or not as good as he used to be. Justin Falk, okay. He's there. Just overall, not a, a terrific decor. And on forward, they've got a great first line with Kairou, Thomas and Buchnevich, who I'm I love all those three players, but after that, after that, it really drops off. I love Jacob Verana, but I he needs to figure out the season if they want to do well. And they've got some younger guys as well, like Jake Neighbors. But after that, it's just really not there's not much there. So I've got them at number six. Number five, I got the Arizona Coyotes. Call me crazy. But this team... Wait, can actually, we pause for a second? Yeah, for Let sure. me call you crazy. Okay, call me crazy. <laughs> Let me just pull up their lines real quick because I'm going to tell you everyone that I like. I'm not going to take... No, but I believe... But hold on. I believe you. I, yes. I believe you. And I, I think... Me. But but here's the thing is that... And I'm not, I'm not debating Chicago versus Arizona here. But what I will say is that if we want to talk on paper... Arizona has a better roster on paper than Arizona than Chicago does, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But is it significant enough for them to be four, three spots apart? Yes. It is. <laughs> for me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right. First of all, out of their top uh, 12 forwards, I actually don't think there's a fourth liner on this team. So their fourth line right now is Travis Boyd. Okay, fine. Maybe he's a fourth liner, but he also played first line last year. Yeah, but everyone's <laughs> interchangeable. Yes, 100%. They've got Lawson Krause, who scored 20 goals last year. He's actually good. Okay, 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 hold on. So let's boil it down. So they have Lawson Kraus. They have Jason Zucker. Okay. They, they have Nick Schmaltz. Clayton they have Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller's unreal. Yes, of course he's unreal. 90-point player next year. But but Liam, they finished with 28 wins last season. Okay, so if they finished with 28, what are you? 35. 35 no, 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 wins. No, 30, 33. But is 33 wins good enough for fifth in the division? Um, I don't know. Is it? Maybe we should pull that up. Well, it's not. In this division, yes, because there's so many bad teams. Because is Chicago finishing worse than they did last year? No. So then they maybe fin- one or two wins. Better. Okay, so let's say they finish with 28 wins. Let's say they, yeah. Because sure. they finished with 26. They're going to have like 65 points, I'd say. Look, I, I'm not, look, I think Arizona on paper looks much better than they ever have. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Just a question. Vesmelka of- for Vesna. Vesmelka's. <laughs> Overrated. Yeah, 100%. Go go check out okay, overrated, wait, I just, underrated. I want to go over the team. They've got Matias Michali. So good. Come on. We both like him. Yeah, he's, he's the finish. He's the finished disher. Barrett Hayden and Logan Cooley's a great one-two punch. If Barrett Hayden can improve again on last again, season, yes. for sure. Final 45 games of the season. He's yeah, maybe I'll change my ranking. I think last might be, I think that might be crazy. You're right. But I think fifth might be crazy too. It might be. But I also think the three teams behind them are really bad. It's not like the nah, match. Why, why did I put Nashville at four? That's wild. Yeah, that's a little wild. They didn't make the playoffs last year also. They finished in fifth. It was close. Did they get better? They could have gotten better. but It's I, just a question of it, Saros, it I guess, really right? It was really parallel because they lose Johansson and Granlin, who are really big pieces there. But then they pick up. O'Reilly, but is that good enough? Yeah, I I agree. Like, who's the number two center now? Novak. Yeah, see, that's a problem. Like, I like Cody Glass. Yeah, but sure, but as a third liner. Anyway, continue. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, I like that. But they still got Nick Schmaltz, who's good. Then they have Genther, and I think he's going to be a wild card. Yeah, but is he going to play? I think so. Like, he should, right? He should. Like, he's not going to go back to the... To the... uh, Yeah, I don't even think he can. No. They bring back Nick Bukestad, who's terrific third liner, and they brought in Alex Kerfoot. Did they bring back Bukestad? Yeah, they got him oh, back. Hmm. Then on D, 
Okay, maybe they're terrible. Dumba. They got Dumba, and then Valimaki. I like Valimaki. They got Derzy, and they have JJ Moser. Not bad. And my favorite defenseman of all time, Troy Stetcher. Do they but still that, have Dyson Mayo? No, he's gone. He's uh, on Vegas. Damn. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. They're definitely not as bad as I made them out to be. They're not as bad, and I feel like they're just gonna want to win. Like, there's, I feel like Clayton Keller's so tired of losing. Yeah, like, he's just gonna be like. Oh, I'm done with this. I'm gonna put up 95 points. He had 86 last year. I feel like that's not ridiculous. But let's move on from Arizona, <laughs> just because I think they can do well. That's my surprise. Fair enough. Number four, I got the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg really got worse. Like I'm not even gonna lie. But I feel like the guys who they acquired are gonna come in and make a difference because they want to be there. Dubois didn't seem like he wanted to be there, and. Uh, What's the coach's name again? For the, for Winnipeg? Yeah. Um the Dallas uh yeah, the Dallas old coach. Yeah, it's his name is um whatever. It, it's irrelevant, but he made Blake Wheeler not want to be there when he stripped him of the captaincy. They were really good to start the season, but really bad to end the season because everything was falling apart. They still have Kyle Connor, Nick Peter Wheeler. DeBoer by the yeah, way. Peter DeBoer. Oh, sorry, he was the Vegas. Yeah. Coach. Um wait, it was Peter DeBoer, mm -hmm. the Winnipeg coach. I thought it was. Oh, that's Dallas. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's it's this Dallas old coach. Yeah, it's bonus. Yeah, Rick Bonus. They still got Connor Shifley and Ehlers. Very, very good first line. Potentially top five in the league. Then they got Cole Perfetti, who's going to make a huge jump this year. And I feel like Velarde scored twenty five goals last year, something like that. Going to be a really good second liner as well as Ayafalo, who seems like he really wants to be there too. They still got Nita Ryder and Adam Lowry, terrific third-line center, a bit irrelevant, but whatever. Josh Morrissey, terrific defenseman, had a really good uh, year last season. Think he can make, think he can make more positive strides in the right direction. And then Hellebuck, who I feel like is just going to have an outstanding season. Just like he did last year. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's the reason why they'll finish as well as I put them. And that's why he's still goals. underrated. For sure. And I know it's his last year, and it he said he doesn't want to resign, right? So maybe it's not going to go as well, but I think they can push in the right direction and make the playoffs again. Number three, honestly, not a huge fan of this team, but the Minnesota Wild, they obviously have Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, but their center core is really weak. I really do like Joel Eriksson Ek, but they still don't really have that number one center. Uh, they lose. Who do they lose? They had Klingberg. They lost Klingberg. They lost Matt Dumba. They lost. They lost. Um, well, Flurry's coming back, right? Flurry's coming back. Yeah. Um, oh, they they, they still got Boldy and Rossi, who seem like they're gonna make. Well, Rossi's gonna be a very massive. Like he, uh -huh. you want to talk about? You want to talk about question mark? That's a question mark. Yeah, for sure. If he can be a first line center. Yeah, but it's like that's not gonna be an immediate thing. No, not at all. Their decor a bit, a bit weaker. They're gonna bring in Brock Faber. Yeah, very who played touted. in the in the playoffs last year? Yeah, he was good. Yeah, very good. And Philip Gustafson, another question mark there. He seemed like he's a really is it good though? Goalie. I think he proved that he's a good goalie. Like he, he I think he's that. better than Flurry right now. I think so too, hundred percent. So if he's better than Flurry, yeah, this team is definitely is good for third in the division. I mm -hmm. agree for sure. And then, and then, then what? You swap Dallas and Colorado yeah, here? Yeah. Then I have uh, Colorado number two, just because they lose Landis Cog. Uh, the whole year, the whole year, and Nachushkin doesn't look like he's going to be playing this year. There's no chance. Yeah. Did you see that Instagram picture? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on with him. They got Drew Wayne, but it's Drew Wayne. We know Drew Wayne. And then number one. Well, you team. say that, and then yeah, it, and then I, I'm I, clipping that. Yes, because okay. he's going to put up okay. 90 points with Matt. <laughs> I hope he does now. <laughs> no, because last season or uh, last episode or whatever, two episodes ago, I was saying how Drew Wayne's going to do really well. No, I'm not. No, I'm not clipping it because of that. I'm clipping it because I think he's actually. If he puts oh, up a lot of points with McKinnon, we're screwed. Yeah, well, no, because I think he can. But I can also say that he was not a first liner, which right. he isn't right now. But and then number one, the best team in the league. In the league. In the league, the Dallas Stars. I think it's the boldest thing you've ever said. Really? And you said Arizona's finishing fifth. Dallas Stars, deepest team in the league. Adding Matt Duchesne for three million dollars. Come on, the guy had eighty points two years ago. Fair enough. Their decor is really good. I'm going to bring it up right now because Miro Heiskanen is a top five defenseman in the league. Ryan Suter. Okay. <laughs> Ryan Suter. Well, I'm just adding to the depth. <laughs> yes. Ryan Suter, good veteran defenseman. <laughs> and then Essa Lindell, really good. I think Niels Lundqvist 
could be a good. Okay, you're overhyping it. Though. Okay, fine. I'm overhyping, but they have a good big def- defense core yes. along with uh, Mira Heiskin, who leads it. And then their forward core is really good too. They have Wyatt Johnson, who's going to be outstanding. Who was outstanding last year too? They're, they got Mason Marshman, terrific third liner. They brought brought him in last year. Like that three, those three centers with Hints, Segan, Johnson, really good. Didn't even mention Duchesne because I don't know if he's going to be a center. And Wyatt Johnson will probably move to the wing as Maybe, well. Yeah, potentially. Jamie and Ben. They still got their core. Like if Pavelski is still good, which he always is at 40 years old, then they're going to be a really good team. Absolutely. So I think they're the best team in the league, honestly. And last year they showed that they were a really, really good team. Lock that in. I'm locking it. Lock in right that now. in. And then, yeah, that's my central division right there. So bomb goes with surprises. the, sorry, Liam goes with the bold route and he puts Dallas at number one, not only a number one in the division, but in the league. Yeah. So they're going to be putting up 175 points this year. <laughs> not a single loss, <laughs> but even bolder than that, he has Arizona finishing fifth. We like the boldness. That's what we're here for. This is what makes this show fun. Let's move to the Pacific division. We'll go a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, because there was a lot of debate between Chicago and Arizona. And truthfully, I, 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 I'm still team Chicago. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be the biggest when Bedsy, when Bedsy is in the house, when Connor Bedard is in the house, Connor Bedard's already better than Clayton Keller. I disagree. Connor Bedard is not touching more than 70 points on season. Arizona, uh, on, on Chicago. Exactly. Well, Arizona, well, he has, he has Clayton Jason Zucker. putting up a hundred. <laughs> that's what, okay. You need to relax. <laughs> okay. 110. There. Okay. Anyway, let's move to the Pacific here. We're going to go a little bit faster, but in eighth, in eighth place, I have the San Jose Sharks. It's, it's, it's a, it's a mess in San Jose. They go out and trade Eric Carlson. They barely get anything in return. This team lost Timo Meyer last year to New Jersey. I just think that this team has done nothing good in this offseason. Mike Greer, you know what? It's a tough job. Don't get me wrong. You're put in a tough situation, but I don't think he's done enough to move this team out of last place in the Pacific. In, in seventh, in seventh, I have the Anaheim Ducks. So they, they flip spots here. Anaheim acquires Leo Carlson through the draft. They have Trevor Zegras in his third season. This team looks a little bit better. Their decor is solid with Jamie Drysdale. They have Owen Zellweger in the pipeline. Um, John Gibson clearly doesn't want to play in Anaheim anymore, but he'll be there for the foreseeable future. I just, again, it's, it, it's nothing special, but they'll be better than San Jose. That's the way I'll put it. In sixth, in sixth, give me the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames really struggled last season. Everyone thought with the acquisition of Jonathan Huberto and the acquisition of Nazem Kadri and Mackenzie Weger that they were going to be a lot better than they were. However, they finished with 93 points and 38 wins. I think they moved back, and I don't think that they necessarily moved back because they got worse, but I think that now moving on to my fifth spot, I think that Van- I think that Vancouver got a lot better. And... Seattle also, who finished fourth and made the playoffs and beat Colorado in the first round, also got better. So, how did Vancouver get better? Well, I don't think that they got better. I just think that they got better in terms of how are they going to finish with how are they going to finish sixth in the division again with a healthy Thatcher Demko. Spencer Martin played how many games did Spencer Martin play last year? I don't know. Too many. Too many. Too many. Thatcher Demko was not healthy. Elias Pettersson put up hundred points, but Brock Besser was barely in the lineup. Then you look at JT Miller and his defensive woes and the fact that he was, you know, inconsistent at both ends of the ice. Quinn Hughes was awesome, but the rest of their decor is, is very, very, very weak. But that's why I'm giving them the fifth spot. I don't think that they necessarily got better. I don't think that they got so much better. But if Thatcher Demko can stay healthy, he's a much, I, I think that they're in a much better spot going forward than Calgary is right now. Personally, I, I, I don't like, I, what, I don't think Calgary did anything in the offseason to excite me. So I flip-flop those spots. Seattle, I think they're just building off what they did last year. I think that they're honestly just a well-oiled machine. They're coached very well. Um, so by um, uh, by Ron, uh, by uh, Dave Hax, by Dave Haxall. So I think that I think that truthfully they'll they'll just you know they had 100 points last season. I think that they're just gonna they might not improve on that, but I think that they're just gonna maintain maintain that position in the Pacific. Then in third in third place. <laughs> I have the defending Stanley Cup champs. I have the defending Stanley Cup champs. I think that they obviously had 51 wins last season, 111 points. But inconsistencies in Nets, who's their goalie? Is it Logan Thompson? Is it Aiden Hill? Is it the two-time Stanley Cup champion, Jonathan Quick? Who knows? But I'm not... Yes, good point. Sorry. But 
I'm not willing to bank on I'm not willing to bank on anything that Vegas has to offer this season. I think that again, they're a very well very well oiled machine and they're very well coached, but I don't think I'm I think I don't think I'm banking on them to repeat the season that they had last season. In second, I'm going with the Edmonton Oilers again. I think that the Oilers are always going to be good when they have Drysdale and McDavid at the helm. And the truth is, is that they never really go out and make any insanely exciting moves in the offseason. Connor Brown is pretty good. Nothing crazy. Well, but another piece next to McDavid. My, my point still stands. Yeah. I, it's nothing to get excited yeah. over. Um, so, yeah, sure. It's another guy to slot next to McDavid. But you can only do that so many times until you're, you know, you're dealing with Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. And then what do you do? So I think that, yeah, they're always going to be good with those two guys at the helm. But, you know, um, I don't know how... I, I don't know if they'll improve on the season that they had with 50 wins. And then first LA, I think that they improved tremendously. Um, went out and got Pierre-Luc Dubois, which is the underlying move. They did lose Velarde and they did lose, um, they, they did lose Iafalo as well. But I, I do think that adding Dubois into that top six, on top of the fact that they already have Dano, who really locks down that third line, I think that this team has really, really gone... I think that they've gone better with that move for Dubois. It was it was risky a little bit because of all the assets that they had to give up, but I think that they ultimately maintained their position and actually got a little bit better. So I think that they're going to improve on last season and finish first in the Pacific. Yeah, I like that. I've almost the same order. While you were saying that, I was writing them in. Our, my, our top three, oh, I'll go over it. But yep, San Jose and Anaheim, bottom two. So San Jose last, Anaheim in seventh. Both teams... Well, San Jose is much worse. Probably the worst team in the league. I, I think they're going to have like a Chicago type season last year. It would only make sense. Yeah, just in every way got worse. They got their young guys who are going to come up and make some good plays every five games. Sure. <laughs> sure. But yeah, just a terrible team. We don't need to go over that. Anaheim pushing in the right direction, but signing Alex Kalorn to a $6 million deal. That just set them back a couple of years. So not a fan of their team. Love Trevor Zegers. Love Jamie Drysdale. John Gibson wants out of there. It's a disaster in there. This is where it gets a bit different. I've got Vancouver in sixth. So in no way did they get better. Obviously, how can they be in the same place? Like they're, They want to improve. But this team just got no way better. They made no moves. Uh, I really like Bruce Boudreau, but he's gone now. Don't love their coaching. I think Rick Tockett, actually, he he is a good coach, but he didn't really improve the team at all last season. I know they were in a bit of a bit of a yeah, hole. Yeah, you're right. They actually suck. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's just, I understand what you mean. Like, how are they going to finish in the same spot just when because, they have all those players? It's just to me, it's like Calgary, no one wants to be there. That's the problem to me. And I guess you could say the same thing for Vancouver, though, right? But I'm going to disagree with you because. But who wants to be in Van- who wants to be in Calgary aside I mean, from Mackenzie Weger right now? I think Huberto because he signed an eight year deal. Okay, but I know Elias. You, you take your guaranteed money and you run. For sure, but he wouldn't have signed there because he could have went somewhere else in free agency. Because it's not like he was an RFA and he didn't have a choice. I just think, but you don't think it was part of the deal? Like you're telling me that they're going to send Kachuk the other way and acquire Huberto, and then and then the GM at the time being. Um, uh, and who's in Toronto now? What's his name? Uh, Tree Living. Yeah, Brad Tree Living is not going to do everything in his capability, in his possibility, or yeah, he's not going to do everything possible to lock up Huberto in that case. Yes, but he had a no move clause, so he could have just stopped the trade. Huberto. E- yes, sure, I guess. But I, I think firing Daryl Sutter is going to change this team a lot because it seemed like a lot of the players didn't want to be there because of Daryl Sutter. Right. And now they got guys like Matt Coronado, the rookie. They picked up Sharon Govich too. Sure, he's he's okay. I mean, they and lost maybe a Foley. They're not the best pay, play, uh, team on paper, but I think the dynamic is going to change because Huberto was a, a 100 point player. He was a 50 point player last year. Like that's a huge decrease. Yeah. Maybe Elias Lindholm and Michael Backlund want to be there this season they're like okay let's have one more season here we'll see how it goes if it doesn't go well we're out i mean but they also have jacob pelletier also pelletier is great i think like and i yeah, think markstrom is gonna have a better season you gotta think yeah you gotta think um their decor is really good they got hannafin rasmus anderson um Uyghur. tanev who's arguably one of the best defenders in Uyghur. terms of defensively Uyghur, who had a terrific world championship 
there I just think Oliver Shillington's back too, I think, from injury. Exactly. He didn't play the whole season last year. So Vancouver didn't get any better. Doesn't seem like the dynamic has changed at all. So I have them in sixth. Then in fifth, I have Seattle, just because both their goalies had less than eight eight ninety save percentages last year. Like that doesn't happen. You don't have a hundred points if it's a fluke, unless it's a fluke. With two goalies who put up eight nine, yeah, but I'll fight back right here. I'll fight back right here by telling you that I and and you want to you want to go back to Arizona and tell me that they don't have a fourth liner on their team. <laughs> this team doesn't have a fourth. Oh, liner on I their agree. Team. They're super deep, but they don't have that player like Clayton Keller. No, of course you're sure, but we can also look at Jared McCann's last year. Yeah, but Jared McCann is nowhere near Clayton Keller. Of course not. But I'm just saying that when you need guys to step up to the plate. It's them. It's, yes. It's they're they're gonna naturally have guys, and yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. Now they're going into this season with Grubauer and Drieger. Yeah. Like it's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem, but their decor is it's meh. Like I mean, it's it led meh. by Dunn and Larson, but it's 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 meh. I but, like Dunn and I like Alexiak and I like Larson. They're not they're bad. All good, but their top twelve is just incredible. A hundred percent. They have one, maybe the deepest team in the league, in terms of forwards. There's just no star there. Yeah, it's exactly. goalie stink. It's just it's just a bunch of like when when everyone was talking about how Montreal just have, has a bunch of third liners, like that's what yeah this is. It's like it's like when you go into NHL and you build a franchise and you just have a bunch of eighty fours. It's know? it's literally all eighty fours. <laughs> literally all eighty fours. Maybe like a couple eighty twos, maybe one eighty five. But yeah, like Yamamoto, your average is eighty four. I don't love Yamamoto. Like, but again, he's, there. he's gonna play nine minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, but I really liked Sprong, who they lost twenty goal scorer. And I think Veneers is really good. So we'll see how he develops. But I don't have them making the playoffs this year just because it seemed like a bit of a fluke when you have two goalies that have a sub 900 save percentage and you put up 100 points. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me. Because they also don't have that goalie to go back on. If Grubauer is doing shit, well, okay, now Drieger is your number one for a bit. Maybe he gets better because Martin Jones did it. But I don't know. A lot of question marks. So I don't have them making the playoffs there in uh, fifth. Number four, this is where I have Calgary. We talked a lot about them. Just again, I think the dy- dynamic has changed, and I think they can make a real positive push this year without Daryl Sutter. We'll see how Huberto does. And overall, I think they can just have a better season. Uh, number three, I have the exact same, Vegas, Edmonton, LA. LA, I think they might be the third best team in the league. They made some real positive moves, and their team overall looks really good. I think Kaliev is going to step up to the plate now that he has a chance, same for Quinton Byfield. Um, third line, unreal with Trevor Moore, Dano, and Victor Arvidsson. So many good pieces there. Brant Clark is going to play. Love Brant Clark. Actually, an insane defenseman. Very offensive. Yeah. If he can carry that or be on that power play one and allow Drew Doughty to play more of a defensive game and handle that power play two, they can make a lot of positive moves. But their problem is in nets. They really don't have Phoenix Copley is a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. So, I mean, they have Cam Talbot also, but again, like he's really, he's at at the end here. Yeah, he's at the end of his career. That's their only problem. So, that's maybe why they're. But again, let's, sorry to cut you off, but let's look at a team like Edmonton, right? It's like, yes, they don't have the McDavid Mm -hmm. and Dreisaitl, but they're pro. And again, granted, I mean, their goaltending improved. Stuart Skinner improved tremendously last year, but. They've never been a team to depend on their goaltending, yeah. and they've always, they've always, they, the problem is they've always is is that they've always made it as far as their goaltending, right? That's true. So, so yeah, in the regular season, when when the lights aren't on and the pressure isn't on, it's a lot easier. And a spe- like this, that's going to be the case for a guy like Copley, right? Mm-hmm. Copley played well last season. There's no doubt about that. But is he that guy in the playoffs? Is he mentally locked into? bail his team out when their top six isn't scoring three goals a game because in the playoffs, that's not necessarily going to always be the case. Yeah. So we'll see, but I agree with you. Yeah. So that, yeah, that'll be their problem this year. Edmonton, very deep team. Like you said, they're not depending on their goalies. We'll see what happens with Jack Campbell. He's still on that big deal. Maybe he has a better season. Who knows? Stuart Skinner, definitely showing that he could be a good goalie. And then number three, I, I have Vegas as well. Losing Riley Smith. Uh, Alec Martinez doesn't really play anymore. He's very injury prone and questions in net. So yeah, my orders, uh, number one, LA, Edmonton, Vegas, Calgary, Seattle, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose. And mine goes LA, Edmonton, Vegas, 
um, Seattle, uh, Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, Anaheim, San Jose. So just really the changes between Seattle, Calgary, and Vancouver yeah. makes up that order. But look, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. We just went through um, 32 teams and we gave an opinion on almost every single one. For those of you listening, there's obviously going to be people that disagree. There's going to be people that agree. You know, people might think that me putting Chicago over Arizona is crazy. People might think that Liam saying that Dallas is the best team in the league is crazy. Some people might think that me saying Vancouver took a step forward is crazy. There's an opinion for everything, yeah. and let's just keep it at that. But you know what? It will be fun to look back on this, hopefully come, let's say, January, February, right? So we'll... Yeah. we'll uh, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Let us know if you made it to the end. It's always fun. Yeah. Let us know what you think of our rankings. And you know what? We'll post these up on, mm -hmm. on Instagram and um, TikTok as well. We, so you can guys see them sorry. a little bit more clear. We want to hear your opinions about this too. So on Instagram, just comments like what you think your order, your order would be. Or, you know, if there's a, hey, guys, this is my sleeper team for this year. Book it. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're, we're into that stuff. So let us know. We appreciate you guys for tuning in to episode 61 of the Habs Culture Podcast. My name is Justin Schwartz. I'm alongside Liam Baum. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care, guys.